Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It's great to be home, great to be with you. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm the senior pastor and founder of Richard Parentchief, and I'm glad to be home. Um, it's been a great month away. We had a great refreshing time for our hearts, and I want to thank Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Chris, Pastor Tristan, Pastor Tristan, all the team, the volunteers. They did, I mean, they do a great job. I, I, I thought Pastor Lindsay and Pastor Chris and Pastor TK did so well preaching, you probably didn't want me back, but I'm coming anyway. So anyway, I'm home. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been working on a book for quite a long time. And during this month, I finished the book completely and totally. And it is being published by Avail Publishing, uh, hopefully September. And uh, it is put to bed. The, I can announce fin- the final title is um, really my life message. The book is called Unstuck, Break Free, Rise Up, Launch Out. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a, it's been a labor of love and it's been a lot, a lot of work. So anyway, thanks to Nancy Blackman and a wonderful team of collaborators that helped me finish the project. And so that was part of what this month was about as well. We want to congratulate the Chalk family. Matt and Katie uh, in Jacksonville had a new baby boy. So Paul and Gail are grandparents again. His name is William Chalk. They're calling him Will, and I texted Matt the other day, I said, where there's a will, there's always a way. So anyway, very excited for them. And um, anyway, three-week challenge, welcome. Please go by the tent. Thank you. Anyway, whatever, whatever it is that Pastor Chris usually does, I, I, I need to do. Anyway, we, we begin a brand new series this month, and uh, it's really important. You know, cons- considering the worldwide trauma of the last few years and kind of coming out of this crazy COVID nightmare, the deep divisions in our country, our national, our current national economic trajectory, complete with the highest gas prices in history, out of control violence and crime, just where we were gone, three different national events or more, probably more, but just those that hit the headlines. The challenges of raising our families amidst all the craziness. We all know this. this is a, you don't have to, it has to be said, though, we need a fresh move of God more than ever. We need a return of hearts to God. Whatever you believe about guns, if somebody wants to do something and you get rid of all the guns, there's still knives and cars and all the other stuff that they use. So whatever you believe, yeah, should we have more common sense? Oh, absolutely. But whatever you believe, it's a change of heart we need, and that change of heart can only happen through Jesus Christ. And we can't keep fooling ourselves into believing nonsense. It's also serious, and our hearts are broken from Uvalde, Buffalo, a church in California, Tulsa the other day. Recently, 
the still small voice within me prompted my spirit in the early part of our vacation with this simple thought, our theme for the month. Don't forget to laugh. Don't forget to laugh. You know, the most important bone in our body is often overlooked. It's our funny bone, which is, if you've ever hit it, you know what it is. And they nicknamed it the funny bone, not just because it feels weird when you bump it, but because it's connected to the upper arm called the humerus, which they kind of did a, it was a pun by the medical community. And I just want to say this, you can't change the world if you're always sad, depressed, or angry. You never change anything. You don't change anybody's mind. You don't change anything. You just double down on more anger and depression. You, Jesus said, the church are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. If your light goes out, there's only darkness. Dating sites on the web have run studies about relationship compatibility and longevity. And one of the top, if not the top characteristic that builds relationships and keeps them together longer and for a lifetime is a sense of humor. The ability to laugh at yourself. There used to be a show on when I was a kid called Candid Camera with Alan Funt. And the little tune that they set it up with is, it's fun to look at yourself the way other people do. I discovered many years ago when I was having trouble relaxing and resting, back when I only took a week or two off a year to go to the beach, I realized that one of the keys to my personal relaxation, and some of you know this about me already, but it was to read biographies of famous comedians. I have a whole collection. And over the last few years, my daughter especially has helped me find books each year ahead of vacation. This year, I read the 451 page, I just finished it yesterday, 451 page autobiography of Mel Brooks, the great movie maker, now a mischievous 95 year old, be 96 this month. Certainly not a believer, needs Jesus, but has made me laugh a lot in my life. At one point early in the book, he commented that he wanted to be a writer since he was a small boy and that he thought he could tell great stories, quote, funnier than the Bible, because, quote, there are very few laughs in the Bible. I kind of read that and didn't think about it. But a few mornings later, I woke up with something I never really expected, a word from the Lord about laughter. Usually when we talk about Abraham and Sarah, we talk about their pain of waiting 25 years for the promise of God to receive a son. What I realized in those moments, and I don't know how you hear from God, but sometimes for me, in those moments between deep sleep and kind of waking up, my spirit is open. And I kind of hear these God thoughts drop in my heart. This is when it happened. Relaxed, on vacation, 
What I suddenly realized is that their frustration of being childless started way before they received the promise. They didn't receive the promise till Abraham was 75 and Sarah was 65. They must have hoped for and tried for children prior to God even being in the equation. Their total waiting time must have been more like 70 years or more. In a society that said, if you don't have kids, you're not worth anything, and especially if you don't have sons. They were ridiculed and teased. It's against this backdrop that Genesis 18 happens. At the ages of 99 and 89 respectively, God visits again and says about this time next year, Sarah will give birth to a son. The word had never been that specific before, so they thought, well, let's have her, let's have uh, Abraham sleep with her maid, Hagar, I call her Hagar the Horrible, and, uh, and let him sleep with her and let them have a baby. It's a, you know, but this is a specific word. Your 89-year-old wife is gonna go through labor and delivery. And the Bible says Sarah laughed to herself when she heard God's voice speaking to Abraham. Now, I gotta be honest with you. My early days as a Christian, I had a lot more of a religious perspective than a relationship perspective. And my perception of God was much more punitive than redemptive. In other words, my, my, my expectation of God was much more of an Old Testament. God is the judge and he is waiting to punish sin. I didn't understand. It's his holiness that demands justice for sin. And that's why Jesus had to go to the cross, as I said at Easter. But I misunderstood this story because I, I kind of read it as Sarah laughed. The Bible does say God heard it. And I took that to mean God was mad. And later on, when the baby's finally born, God said, okay, you're gonna name this kid Laughter. You mock me? You're gonna name this kid Isaac, Laughter, to remind yourself not to ever mock me again. And it's not true. That was my own little religious preconception, misconception. God's a redeemer. He's a restorer. And I found evidence that when, when you laugh, God laughs with you. Genesis 18 verse 11 says, now Abraham and Sarah were old. And it's kind of rough that when God dictated the first five books of the Bible to Moses, the first thing God said to Moses about Abraham and Sarah at this point in time is they were old. Duh. Well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. You think? By a few decades. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I've grown old, Watch the language here. Shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also? 
I know there are young ears in the room. So let me say it this way. Folks, let me just say it had been a while since these two lovebirds had romped and frolicked together in the beautiful meadow. Successfully. But faith without action is dead. So as the time moves forward, cut to the next year. Abe's now 100. Sarah's 90. Is it more possible now for her to have kids? I also think of the wording, Sarah didn't say, I am past childbearing age. She said, I'm married to an old man. This is impossible. Verse 1 of Genesis 21, the next chapter. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time, the that kairos moment, that set time of which the Lord had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. God didn't tell them to name him Isaac. They named him Isaac because they were laughing at the fulfillments of the impossibilities of God. Then Isaac circumcised his son Isaac, which was no laughing matter for Isaac, when he was eight days old. And as God had commanded him, now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And now all who hear will laugh with me. You see it? There's a distinction. There's a difference there from the way I looked at it in the early years of my Christian faith. And when I saw God's love and God's mercy and God's restorative power, I didn't see this as a punishment. I realized now as I'm getting older myself and have experienced some of life, listen, it's been a joy to finish this book. My, I, I wrote a book, for those of you who don't know, I wrote a book over 30 years ago. My first book was called The New Breed Church In Your Face. And a few years after I wrote it, I read it and thought, oh, dear God, why did I say it that way? Not just the title, the whole book. I still believe basically the principles that I wrote about 30 years ago, but I, but I was so, listen, let me just say something here. Bold does not equal brash. Bold equals bold. Bold equals confident in God, not in yourself. I'd been pastoring a whopping two years or so when I thought I had all the answers about what church should be. I want to tell everybody how to do it. And after I read that, I felt, let's wait till you're 60 before you write again, before you get some more life experience, some more empathy. I mean, no, life has a way of knocking the snot out of you. Let me just say this way. I lost my brash years ago. I still have boldness. 
I'll do anything God tells me to do. I'll say anything he wants me to say. I'll go anywhere he wants me to go. But I hope I say it a lot better than I did 30 years ago. <laughs> Sarah said, God has made me laugh and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? I'm telling you, all of her functions are coming. You know, thanks for the memories. Anyway, three people got that joke. For I have borne him a son in his old age. Everything was working. She nursed her own children at 90. Folks, these geriatrics named their son Isaac. Today, if you're 40 and pregnant, they call it a geriatric pregnancy. Sarah crushed that record. <laughs> Through the pain of waiting for her promise, listen, she gave birth to laughter. And she raised it up. Abraham and Sarah literally reminded themselves to laugh every day at doubt, fear, and unbelief for the rest of their lives. Every time they called out to their son, Isaac, laughter, it's time for dinner. Laughter, it's time to go to bed. Laughter, we gotta go to school today. Don't forget to laugh. Laughter must be birthed, cultivated, and raised up. You gotta birth it. There, you don't, how, how many know we're not always happy? Not every day is a good day. Not every moment is a good moment. Not everything is happy. Oh, this is great. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Not everything's great. That's why you have to carry laughter and fill your heart with joy. Because laughter and joy are rarely accidental. Sarah had to give birth to laughter. If, my, my friends, if you'll look for joy, you'll certainly find it. I'm gonna repeat a thought that I had the month before the pandemic. Just before the pandemic, I made this observation that, I, that really hit me strong. And I'm gonna say it again. Hummingbirds are amazing. God created them to look for sweet nectar all day long, every day, and they always find it. But there's another bird with a different mindset called the vulture. Vultures constantly search high and low looking for dead things. And they always find what they're looking for, don't they? Hummingbirds and vultures each get exactly what they're looking for in life, either the sweet things or the dead things. So I ask you, what are you looking for? Are you living in the promises of God? Are you looking for the promises of God? Are you trusting him to bring it to pass when it looks like all hope is gone, when it looks like you've waited so long, you missed your peak, you missed your prime, certainly God must have forgotten you. God's promises fulfilled produce real laughter. And real laughter is about heartfelt joy. It's not that something starts outwardly, it's something that starts inwardly. It's a condition of the heart, a condition of the spirit. I particularly love Psalm 126. Recently, a, a prophetic friend 
spoke this to me just hanging out for a meal. He starts prophesying Psalm 126. And I already had this in my spirit. This is from the Passion Translation, a paraphrase. It's awesome. Psalm 126, verse one. It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. Zion is always a type of the church. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles and we're overjoyed, overjoyed. Isn't that a great word? Overjoyed. That means so much joy, it's bubbling out of you. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out and out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. I love that description. That description of laughter, that description of a, of a holy laughter. Streams of refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. You say, Pastor, what do we do about Uvalde and the people that are going through tragedy that are all around us? It's more and more pressure, this and that. We intercede. We pray for them with all of our hearts and we pray healing and wholeness. We have compassion for them and we move forward finding our joy and our strength in the God of our salvation. One of the great promises of Romans 8, Paul writes, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are nothing compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. That no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you're going through at home right now, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going on, and, and listen, we all feel all this stuff, and you feel it more and more because of social media and such. I can't feel my life. I mean, when I, when I see stuff, uh, injustice against children, and a school shot up, I have to pray and move forward. I can't watch the news. Once I know the story, I'll find out the story, but I'm not watching it 20 times. Because it just, it, just, it just crushes me. I'm sure it does you. But the suffering in the tough moments is nothing in comparison with the glory of God. Moments in his presence. Moments in his power. Moments with him. 
You may or may not know, but this is, today is Pentecost Sunday. <clears throat> this is 50 days after the resurrection. 50 is a number of jubilee. And jubilee is a sound of freedom. It's a sound of praise. It's a sound of joy. It's a sound that, that sounds throughout the land, through God's people. Freedom is here. Debt freedom, personal freedom, lands and families and homes, freedom, jobs, freedom, pay, freedom. The word Pentecost in Greek, in Hebrew, the celebration is Shavuot. And Shavuot is called the festival of harvest. It is the fulfillment is the, in, that, in that waiting for the promise of the Father. Jesus walked with his own people when he rose from the dead for 40 days. And then he said, now go wait for the promise of the Father. They didn't know how long they were gonna wait, but they had a sense there was a festival coming up. For the Jews, it was already going. And 10 days later, when they gathered together in one accord in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing, mighty wind filled the whole house. The original text talks about tongues of fire that we sing about sometimes, fell on each of them. But if you look up some of those original texts, you find out that the, 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 the story they're trying to tell her, it was like they were hit with lightning. It was like they had lightning come upon them. It was like fire came upon them and affected their speech. And each and every one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and as they spoke in other tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. As they, they did the speaking, the Holy Spirit gave the, gave the meaning, gave the power, gave the utterance, gave the, gave the fulfillment. My friends, the festival of harvest in Israel today is a celebration of fulfillments of God's promises. But it's fulfilled more for us that know Christ. It's a time of grateful joy. God keeps his word. In Acts 1, Jesus told us to wait for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 2, he poured out his Holy Spirit upon all and we're empowered. And I want to tell you right now, whatever you're going through, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. You got to, what you've sown in tears, God says you will reap with joy. And though doubtless, you're going to bring in the sheaves of harvest, bring in those those. The, 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 the sheets and the, and the wheat harvest, you're gonna bring in those stalks. You're gonna bring in your harvest with great joy and laughter. And to the degree that you have suffered, to the degree that you've tried tears in sowing season, to the dimension and beyond will be your harvest of laughter and your harvest of joy. Come on and give God praise today. It's harvest time. Even if you're struggling right now, there's an old saying, laugh in the face of adversity. It's not a Bible saying, but it could be. 
There are moments when you're facing pressure instead of knuckling under and sucking your thumb and curling up in the fetal position and crying in a corner where in faith you look at the problem and laugh. The Bible says in in Psalm chapter two that God sees the world planning and plotting against him. But it says this, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. He shall laugh because he knows they can't do anything. He's God. Remember the scripture, a merry heart does good like medicine. The Passion Translation said this way, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Look at the correlation there. You know, if you lose heart, it can affect your health. You know, if a comedian is on stage and he does really, really well, they say he killed that night. He killed, his set killed. That's why we use the phrase, die laughing. I'm dying laughing. No, no, no. I want to tell you, you're living laughing. I want to tell you that laughter should be a part of your cultivation. You have to work on it. Don't die laughing, live laughing. Finally, this, our current season reminds me of another time in my life when I've just been filled with the Holy Spirit in 1986. End of October, 86, my wife and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Just a few months later, February of 1987, there was a scandal happened in the world, in America, in the body of Christ. An expose on Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and the PTL Ministry of North and South Carolina. Within 12 months, the man who helped expose Jim Baker was another Jim, another James, Jimmy Swaggart. 12 months almost to the day, Jimmy Swaggart was exposed as a hypocrite of momentous proportion. Thank God he's restored. Jim Baker's restored as well, and Tammy Faye's in heaven. You can't get much more restored than that. You'll never recognize her. Some of you don't know who she was, but anyway. To the biggest false eyelashes I've ever seen. When she came on stage, her eyelashes arrived about 30 seconds before she did. She won't mind me saying it. She'll have, to, she'll have to have a name badge, I think, in heaven. <laughs> this was, here, here we were, newly spirit-filled for months, not years, months. And all of a sudden, the mockery, the scandal, the, the you know, I've, I was always a David Letterman fan before he went crazy. But I was always a late-night show, late-night David Letterman, Jimmy, Johnny Carson. <clears throat> and what happened during those times I could hardly watch late night, uh, late night television except for Christian television because everything, it was, they, they mocked Christians. They mocked 
spirit-filled Christians specifically, every night, the butt of the joke for a couple years, I started getting pressure. I was in the insurance business at the time. Started getting a lot of pressure from um, coworkers. Uh, you, you believe what they believe? I said, well, I don't believe in gold-plated toilet seats and air-conditioned doghouses, if that's what you mean. But I believe in blessing. Ironically, I got to lead several of my coworkers and their families to the Lord before I left for ministry. Cut to the next year in the early 90s, Spirit Life Church, now church, began May 1st, 1990. And right away, after that time of scandal, and you know, the Bible says this way, judgment begins at the house of God. But what will then be the end of those who obey not the gospel? So judgment doesn't end with the church. It starts with God's people. So whenever you see stuff going on, God is working, and the devil's working, but God is exposing to cleanse. So in the early 1990s, we started the church here. There were two waves of revival that broke out in Florida as a result of a Toronto blessing, a move in Brownsville, Pensacola, and the move was holy brokenness and repentance. Nearly simultaneously, Rodney Howard Brown carried out a, a great, you know, just was gonna have a, a few nights of meetings in Lakeland, and we used to be Carpenter's Home Church, and it went on for months, maybe a year or more. And that move was something called holy laughter. Now, if you've, if you've never experienced holy laughter, it's real. Um, one of my trips out of the country, my wife went with a team down to that revival in Lakeland, and the people rolling on the floor, that was, you know, it's, it's almost off-putting if you're not feeling it yourself. So our team went out to, did you go to Denny's or where'd you go, honey? TGI Fridays, they went afterward. They hadn't laughed except seeing other people look ridiculous on the floor. The holy laughter hit them in TGI Fridays. And my wife got so caught up in it, she walked into the men's room by mistake. And then it exploded even more in our team all the way home. When she walked out of that bathroom very embarrassed, she wasn't stalling for time. She went out and there was Rodney Hunter Brown sitting in the restaurant. <laughs> so you can still say he was involved even though he just having a meal. The point is this, whenever there is a cleansing Joy is coming to restore. Whenever there's a scandal, look for the cleansing of God in holy laughter. Expect it at the weirdest moments. I love when my, life, when my wife laughs like when she gets the giggles because her nose moves. 
She can't control it. I've been with her many times when she, she went to a friend's house one time. This is even before the, that revival. And we were still in Orlando and she got holy laughter coming home from a friend's house. And she came home and she could not stop laughing for an hour or two. It was the wildest thing. And I just kept saying, I want some. Give me that. By the thousands in those two moves of God, people were being saved, healed, and delivered, set free from demonic strongholds and addictions as joy bubbled up from inside of them. We, had, we even had a guest speaker come, some of you might remember, from Sweden. A friend of mine, Stieg Patron was his name, Stieg Patron. He was in a, a revival in Sweden, late 80s, early 90s, and he got swept up in the Holy Laughter thing. And his English was so funny because he spoke like the Swedish chef. He would be in our pulpit and he'd be preaching, and you couldn't help but laugh. He was sharing about the, the water pots being filled and he kept calling them water poots. The water poots and the water poots and the water poots. And we just, by the end of the thing, he's praying for people and we were, people were just, some of the most conservative people in this church were rolling on the floor. But you don't manufacture it. You just enjoy it if it happens. But you look for joy and you cultivate laughter. Grieving and mourning is for a night. But joy comes in the morning. To the same degree you've been hurt or traumatized, you're gonna experience the depth of laughter that you need. And I'm telling you, some of you need a good laugh. Some of y'all look like you've been baptized in pickle juice the last couple of years. Listen. The Lord wants to restore your joy and put new laughter in your heart. Why? Because Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Ephesians 6 says, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. How are you going to be strong in the Lord, the power of his might? The joy of the Lord is your strength. How do we take our joy back? I love this. I found a promise for you just yesterday, putting this word to bed. You eat the word. You feed your spirit on truth, not on opinions, not on lies, not on deceptions. You feed your spirit on truth. Here's the scripture. Never seen it before. Look at this. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found, and I ate them, Jeremiah says. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. My friends, get into this book. Get into this word. It becomes the fuel you need for the fire of joy to bubble up in your spirit once again. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to ignite our joy, to stir us up in faith, to break us through the wet blanket of the darkness of the last couple of years. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Bow your head and close your eyes if you will, even at home right now, wherever you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority right now by the blood of Jesus Christ over tragedy and scandal and the hurting broken hearts 
of the people of our communities, in our nation and in our world. Only you, Holy Spirit, can heal. And your word says that you heal through your kingdom power and that your kingdom power is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this church as it is in heaven. And let us be carriers infected with new joy, strengthened by that joy, the joy of the Lord. Lord, there are people here in the sound of my voice right now that are broken, that are hurting. We come against the spirit of depression the oppression of darkness. The words of darkness that have surrounded you to try to put fear and doubt and darkness over your soul, we break it in the name of Jesus. We come against it by his blood and we say, no, no, you have no power. Get off of her right now in Jesus' name. Get off of him right now in Jesus' name. No depression, no Evil force is allowed in the lives of the people hearing the sound of my voice right now, wherever you are. Receive this word by faith. Don't forget to laugh. Don't forget to stir yourself up in him who has the victory and has given you the victory, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. We break that spirit of anger and division off of marriages and families in the name of Jesus. Lord, bring healing. Lord, bring wholeness. Father, bring forgiveness. For your word says that where sin and violence and death have abounded, grace does much more abound. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this is your moment to surrender to him. And maybe you know him, but you're not living for him. This is a moment to open your heart. I'm not gonna have you come up to the front. I'm gonna ask you this. If you're here today and you would say that the last season you've been in, maybe not today, but if you look at the last season, you've been battling dark Feelings, darkness over your soul. Depression, oppression, repression, suppression, all the Eshens. Whatever it is. Just put your hand up in the air right now. We want to pray for you. Just be honest about it. You've been through a dark time. This is for you today. This is for you today. Right now, if you're at home, same thing. God sees your heart. He sees your hand. He knows you. He knows what's going on. Let's pray one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray on behalf of everyone whose hand is raised, everyone whose heart is open. And we come against that spirit of darkness, that evil lie, that shroud of depression and loneliness and despair. We break your power by the blood of Jesus, by the power of Jesus' name. And we say, no, devil, you have no power over this mind, over this thought, over this dream, over this vision, over this future. I come against the spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. No, the world is not better off if you're gone. We need you here. He needs you here. We love you here. Jesus needs you, loves you here. 
just like you are. You say, Pastor, I'm, uh, I'm depressed because I keep blowing it. Let me tell you something. God is a healer. How many times will he forgive? 70 times seven isn't 490. 70 times seven in God means infinite, infinite, infinite. His cleansing knows no limitation. His love knows no bound. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time nothing are nothing compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Why? Because neither death, same chapter, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me or you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. By his word, we release a refreshing of joy, a refreshing of strength. Lord, stir up the laughter inside of your people this week. Even as we go from this place, let there be things that tickle us, things that, things that we see or experience or places that we can laugh at ourselves that you just stir up to bring healing and wholeness. We call for that joy, that merry heart, that glad heart. This week, look for the joy. Look for the sweet nectar of life like the hummingbird, in Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive that? If you receive, put your hands together, let's praise him. Lord, we thank you for your word. Oh, Jesus, you're so awesome. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.